Well, it's so good to see you here, so good to have you here this morning. We are in the second week of a sermon series that we kicked off last week called Beautiful Mess. Beautiful Mess. And the whole purpose of this sermon series and our time together in this sermon series is really to look at kind of the in-between times of life. We talked last week about this reality for me that, you know, I, I love reading about a good diet plan or I love reading a, about a good workout plan or something like that. But when you go searching online for more and more information, what you find is you find before and after pictures. And we look at before pictures and it's like looking in the mirror and we're like, man, that's me. That's what I'm going through. That's what I'm dealing with. And then we look at after and we're like, I'd love to be there. I want to be there. I want to live there. The problem is when you see two pictures that are before and after, it can make us think, it can foolishly make us think that life works that way, that life works like that, like there's a silver bullet. Like there's a magic pill, like there's a special surgery, there's something you can do and it's going to fix everything, it's going to heal everything, it's going to make everything better, just like that. But the truth is, is that there is before and then there is during, enduring, 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 and then there's after. And the reality is we live in the beautiful mess that is our process of transformation, we live in the beautiful mess that is our process of transformation. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are living right now today in the middle of your transformation. You're living in the middle of your transformation. You're living through it, which means that there are some days where all you can think about is how far you have left to go. And then there are some days where you're looking at, man, look how far I've come. And both of those are important things. It's important for us to recognize how far we've come. It's important for you to recognize that you're not where you want to be yet, but you're not where you once were. That's an important thing to hold on to. But we're living in the beautiful mess that is our process of transformation. And so we talked last week about this reality for us that in that beautiful mess, in that process of transformation, Jesus Christ is faithful, that he will complete the good work he has begun in us, but that work will not be complete until the day of Christ Jesus. And so what that means for us is you will be going through, you will be living through a process of transformation as long as you live until the day Jesus comes back or you die. And so what that means is that every day we get up prepared to move, just like the Israelites following the glory of God in Sinai. We wake up every day prepared to move. We wake up every day recognizing that we live in tents, not permanent houses because we are on the move following God where he has us, where he's leading us, the next step of transformation. And so the worst thing for us, the worst possible thing that we could do on the process of transformation is to have one of those days where we wake up and we go, I'm not where I wanna be yet, but I'm gonna build a house here. And the reason for that is you don't live here. You don't live here. This isn't your home. You are 
on the move. You're living through the beautiful mess that is your process of transformation. So in the second week of this sermon series, I just wanted to dive real deep into this idea that if we're living through a process of transformation, then one of the best things we can do One of the best things we can do in our personal discipleship, one of the best things we can do on our journey with Jesus, one of the best things we can do as we are moving every day, getting up, following the glory of the Lord, one of the best things we can learn to do is to trust the process. And trusting the process, oh, trusting the process is hard, y'all, isn't it? Trusting the process is difficult. Trusting the process takes time, takes courage, because the problem is, for most of us, we want the silver bullet. We want the quick fix. We want the magic pill. We want the surgery. We want before, and we want after. I, I can be impulsive when it comes to, like, diet and exercise and stuff, but then this is what happens. I will start eating healthy, or, you know, like, I'll do a workout or something. And so this is what happens. Like, I'll start Monday morning off, and I'm like, all right, before I go into the office, before I do anything, I'm going to get on the bike. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to, you know, play with a kid. Like, I'm going to do something that's going to burn some calories. And then for, for lunch, I'm going to eat a salad. And then at dinner time, I get on a scale, and there's no change. But I made all these healthy choices for one day for one day. And so what ends up happening is it gets really easy for me to get discouraged from the process. Because the truth is, the reality is, for anyone who's ever gotten healthy, for anyone who's ever gone, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in shape, you know that it's day by day by day by day. It's you keep showing up day after day after day after day. Daniel, I'm gonna embarrass you for just a second. I hope that's okay. So Danielle Logan is a new mom in our church, and and we love Alan and Danielle. And so Danielle's a a new mom, and before she got pregnant, she was one of those people who was like really big into, uh, what is the organization? Beachbody. So she was the one like, like she's working out every day and like posting her workouts online. Like her Facebook page is just like 30 days in a row of a sweaty face because she's showing you that she stuck to it and she's got the ability to trust the process. And, and so now it's been a while after, after the, the, their beautiful baby son has been born. And so she's back into it again. And so again, my Facebook feed, it's just like Danielle's working out. But here's the thing. If you watch it every day, if you look at it every day, from one day to the next, it doesn't seem like a lot of change. But if you go back and you see seven days or 14 days at a time, you're watching transformation take place. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the process. You have to be faithful even when there are no immediate results. You have to be faithful even when there are no immediate results. So here's the reality, y'all. How do we trust Jesus? 
How do we trust Jesus with the process of our transformation when we may wake up one day and go, I don't see any difference between today and yesterday? How do we keep staying faithful? How do we trust the process? How do we keep moving forward? So that's what I want to talk about this morning. So we're going to open up today into Joshua chapter 1, and I want to talk about Joshua and an unexpected opportunity. I'm going to talk about Joshua in an unexpected opportunity. And before we even open up into Joshua chapter 1, I want to just tell you something about unexpected opportunities because unexpected opportunities are unique in your life. And every single one of us has big moments in our lives that we can look back on in hindsight and say, wow, that was an unexpected opportunity and it became a unique moment in my life to do something that mattered. Unexpected opportunities are often the opportunities of uncommon influence. Unexpected opportunities are often the opportunities of uncommon influence. Here's what that means. It means that God's going to open the door in your life for an unexpected opportunity. And in that unexpected opportunity, there is a chance for you to have uncommon influence whether that's in your family, in your neighborhood, at work, in your school, it's going to be an opportunity for you to have uncommon influence. And I believe that when God gives us those moments of uncommon influence, we want to be faithful. We want to prove ourselves faithful. We want to be good stewards of what has been entrusted to us. So let me tell you about Joshua. This is Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So here's the deal. Last week we talked about the Israelites in the desert and following the glory of God around in the desert. And so 40 years, every day they're living in tents and they're waking up and they're going, God, where are you moving? We're following you. And so here they are just to the east of the Jordan River, looking across the river at all that God has promised to them and yet all that they have yet to inhabit. They're looking at God's promise that has not yet come to fruition. And Moses, who has led them for 40 years, their leader for 40 years, dies. Now, I want you to know something. I study, I study church culture and organizational culture. Um, I, I'm kind of a student of church and organizational leadership. And I will tell you that one of the things that has proven true statistically is the time of greatest instability in an organization is when a long-term leader leaves or dies. A long-term leader leaves or dies because often once you are 40 years into an organization that's surrounded around one leader, what can often happen is the entire thing is built around that one leader. And so here are the people of Israel. Some historic estimates assume there are between 200,000 and 1.3 million Israelites who have been wandering around the Sinai Peninsula. And here they are to the east of the Jordan River, and their leader has died. And his assistant, Joshua, 
The son of Nun is trying to figure out what his life is going to look like after 40 years of serving a man who is dead. And then God says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Get up. Get moving. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And before we move on and talk about anything else today, there's some of you here today that you just need to hear these words from God. You're having a hard time trusting the process. You're having a hard time trusting the process. You're looking at your life and you're not seeing any immediate results. In fact, you're trusting the process and it seems like life has gotten harder. And I just need you to hear me say this this morning. The Lord God says to you, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You're trusting the process, but you're not trusting in the process alone. You're trusting in the process with God by your side the whole way. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua has reason to trust the process. Joshua has reason to trust the process. And what is it? See, God's saying, look, all the promises that I had to Moses. God's saying, look, all my promises to Moses extend to you, Joshua. All of my promises to Moses extend to you. Moses led you faithfully for 40 years, but Moses didn't lead you alone. In Joshua, you were going to lead these people now. And just like Moses didn't do it alone, you are not going to do it alone. You've got reason to trust the process. And here's what that reason is. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or not dismayed. For... The Lord, your God, is with you. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. 
The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua has reason to trust the process. You have reason to trust the process. I have reason to trust the process, even when it's hard, even when the results aren't immediate, even when every opposition seems to be coming up. We can trust the process. Why? Because the Lord our God is with us. You're not alone. We recognize that our faith is not on our ability. Our faith is not on our faithfulness. Our faith is on the faithfulness of a God who never fails. And maybe that's what you need this morning. Maybe that's what you need to hear more than anything else is this reality that your process of transformation, the process in your life right now isn't resting on you. It's resting on a God who doesn't fail, whose promises are always true. So there are going to be days where in the process of transformation, there are going to be days where you wake up and you say, I don't care how I feel. I know I don't feel great today and I feel kind of lazy, so I'm not going to do the workout. Maybe I'm not going to post a sweaty picture on Facebook. Maybe that's the kind of day you're having, but here's the beautiful thing. When the process is trusting in Jesus, you can still get up the next day and go, you know what? I dropped the ball yesterday. But Jesus didn't fail. And that gives me the courage and the strength that I need to stand up and do it again and do it again and do it again. There are going to be steps all along the way where you are going to fall. There are going to be steps all along the way where you are going to fail. But we trust not in man's faithfulness. We trust in the faithfulness of an unfailing God. So I don't care how many times you fall, you get back up again because the Lord your God is with you. You're not alone. Why, why does God have all this for Joshua? Why does God want to pour all of this into Joshua's heart? Because remember, Joshua's, Joshua's mentor has just died. Joshua's mentor has just died, and here God is pouring all this encouragement, all these commands into his heart. Why is God doing this for Joshua? Because God knows where Joshua's gonna go. God's saying, look, the before and after for you is going to be unbelievably dramatic. And so the process is going to be long. The process is going to be arduous. So I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. I need you to be free from fear. I need you to be free from discouragement and dismay. I need you to remember every step of the way that I am with you. So Joshua leads the people of Israel. He takes over leadership. And the first thing God commands him to do is to cross the river. They haven't crossed over the river yet. They haven't entered into the promised land yet. And so crossing over this river, and the river isn't huge, by the way. The Jordan River is not a massive, wide river. It's a relatively small river. And it runs between this valley, between two mountain ranges. And so, you know, depending upon where you are in this river, it's actually pretty easy to cross. But the reality is it became a barrier the people of Israel thought they would never cross. It doesn't matter the size of the barrier. It was a barrier they thought they would never overcome. And so here they find themselves getting ready to cross the river and Joshua's like, we're going to be obedient to God. We're going to be faithful to God. We're going to cross this river in exactly the way he tells us to. And they do. And they cross over into the river and here they find themselves in the promised land. But just because God promised them the land doesn't mean it's going to be easy for them to inhabit. 
And so the people of Israel come up against really their, their first strong opposition. The people of Israel come up against the people of the city of Jericho. Now, I want you to know up front, Jericho is not a large city. Not a large city. Most historians estimate that between two and 3,000 people inhabited the city of Jericho. Remember, historians estimate somewhere between 200,000 and 1.3 million Israelites. The city they're coming up against is a city of two to 3,000. But this city of two to 3,000 has something working in their favor. They have a four-foot-thick, 15-foot-tall wall that surrounds the entirety of the city, and they were well-supplied inside. You see, for the city of Jericho, they lived in a place where people were constantly coming in, where outside forces were constantly a threat to them. So the people of Jericho, recognizing they didn't have a massive population, they built a fortification. They built a wall that would protect them and keep them safe, and they were well supplied inside because they were prepared for sieges. They were prepared for armies to, to wrap around them and just wait them out. And this is the first real opposition the people of Israel come against. And so here Joshua is. Joshua's got reason to trust the process. He's got encouragement to trust the process. God has told him all the promises that I had for Moses extend to you, Joshua. But Joshua is now leading the people against the first opposition. And it doesn't matter that the first opposition isn't large, that the first opposition isn't scary. It's still opposition. And if you're having difficulty trusting the process, sometimes all the enemy needs is that first little, that first little roadblock. Sometimes all the enemy needs to trip you up is that tiny little speed bump. It's not something that's huge. It's not something that's scary. It's just enough to give you pause. It's just enough to cause you to second guess. And that's what the enemy is relying on. The enemy is relying on your discouragement. The enemy's relying on you to hit a bump in the road and then look ahead and go, we have so much further to go. The enemy is relying on you experiencing discomfort in your discomfort leading you to stop. But we've been talking about something all year long, y'all. It's been a theme for us this year. Your comfort and your growth cannot coexist. Your comfort and your growth cannot coexist. So what the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. Because that little speed bump, that little moment of discouragement, that little moment of discomfort, the enemy's trying to throw you off your game. God's like, oh, come on, bring it on. Because in that moment, that's where I'm going to grow you to overcome the obstacle the enemy has set in front of you. That's what God wants to do in your life. And so when those small discouragements come, when those small obstacles come, don't be thrown off. Don't be discouraged. Recognize that it is exactly in that place that God wants to grow you to overcome that obstacle. That's how growth works. 
Because it's in that place of discomfort that God is going to grow. He's going to grow you if, 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 if we will trust the process. If we will trust the process. Because if we don't trust the process, that small little hiccup, that small little discomfort will be enough for us to quit. But if we trust the process, and if we trust the one who is with us on the journey, then we're going to keep going. And the discomfort is going to cause growth in us, and we will grow to overcome the obstacle that is in front of us. If, if, if we trust the process. And so, God wanted to make this abundantly clear to the people of Israel. God wanted to make it abundantly clear to the people of Israel that they had to trust the process, that they had to keep going when there weren't immediate results, that they had to keep going when obstacles arose in front of them. They had to keep going even when it was hard. And so he takes the city of Jericho and he makes it an object lesson. And he teaches us this. This is Joshua chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward. March around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city going about at once, and they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord walked on. And they blew the trumpets continually, and the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after, after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. In the second day, they marched around the city once and returned into the camp. So they did for six days. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, 
Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who were with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. The people of Israel, the army of Israel, circled the city in silence. Only the ram's horn, only the trumpet being blown in silence. And they came back to camp. Now you have to understand, the army of Israel overwhelmingly had more people than the entire city of Jericho. There were overwhelmingly more people in the army of Israel than inside of the city of Jericho. And so it wasn't just some small thing to get all these people together and march them around the city. That took a while. It was an ordeal. And so they do it one day and everyone comes back in. And then the next day they go out and they do the same thing all over again. And then they come back in. And the next day they get everyone up and they do the same thing over again. I guarantee you by the fourth, fifth, and sixth days, there were some people in the army going, what are we doing? This is accomplishing nothing. I promise you there were people who were not trusting the process. There are some people in the army of Israel who are walking around going, what are we even doing this for? And if we're honest with ourselves, some days when we're walking with Jesus, some days when we're following with Jesus, there are nights where our head hits the pillow at the end of the day and we go, what am I even doing? Why am I even doing this? There's some days when we trust the Lord where we come in at the end of the day and we go, we didn't do anything but walk around in a circle. There are days for us where it is hard to trust the process. But I want to show you a few things from Joshua chapter 6. Number one, as you trust the process, the first step will always be to move forward. When Joshua gathers the priests together, what's the first thing he says to them? You're going to get together? Go forward. Move forward. See, the reality is you may not be where you want to be yet, but you're not where you once were. And so the only thing you need to do to be faithful to the process is to keep moving forward. Sometimes it's going to be at a snail's pace, but all you need to do to be faithful is to keep moving forward because you're not where you once were. You're not where you want to be yet, but as long as you keep moving in the right direction, then you're trusting the process. So the first thing you gotta do when you trust the process is you gotta keep moving forward. And so some of that means you gotta just know which direction you're going. For some of us, we just gotta go, God, I don't know which way I'm going here. God, show me, give me some clarity. God, open up my eyes to see. Or God, teach me to open up your word to find. God, I want to go the right way. I want to have the right direction. God, I want to move forward. So show me which way to go. So I've already told you the city of Jericho is a relatively small city. It, you know, inhabitants were between two and 3,000 people. The circumference of the city wall of Jericho would have been between 600 and 800 meters around. Here's what that means. 2,000 to 2,500 feet. That's less than half a mile. 
The circumference of the entire wall of the city was less than half a mile. That meant that every day when the people got up and circled the city, it was a half mile walk. That's all it was. It was a half mile walk. And so there's a lesson for us there because this is one of the areas where it's really, really hard for me to trust the process because I make the same mistake and the same assumption that the world makes. I equate the size of the task with the importance of the person. But God gives us small tasks all the time. God gives us small tasks all the time because in God's economy, in God's kingdom, he who is faithful with little will be given much. If you haven't proven yourself faithful with little, don't expect God to pour out his blessing and give you much. You gotta prove yourself faithful in the small task first. And so number two is you trust the process. As you trust the process, consistency matters more than the size of the task. Consistency matters more than the size of the task. Don't be discouraged by God giving you small tasks. Look at it as an opportunity to prove your faithfulness. Look at it as an opportunity to prove consistent with the task he's given you. As you trust the process, consistency matters more than the size of the task. By the fifth or sixth day, by the fifth or sixth day, I'm just imagining Joshua watching this. Joshua, as kind of the leader of the people of Israel, would have been viewing this entire thing from a supervisory role, from an authoritative role. So he would have been up in high elevation watching all of this take place. So Joshua would have seen firsthand, he would have seen how the army of Israel was dwarfing the people they were surrounding. He would have seen that the army of Israel was so much more powerful than the enemy they were up against. And it would have been easy for him to go, we're just wasting days here. We're wasting days here. Let's go ahead and attack the city. Let's go ahead and jump on it. We don't have to kill a week here walking around the city. We don't have to just go for a jog every day. Let's stop wasting time here. Let's attack the city. It would have been easy for him to say that. He had a view, he would have seen just how easily it could have been done. But he trusts God's plan more than his own. He trusts God's plan more than his own. He trusts God's will more than his own. As you trust the process, obedience to God's plan will pay greater dividends than going your own way. Always, always, always. Obedience to God's plan will pay greater dividends. And I say greater dividends because I'm telling you, I think as Americans, there's nothing we understand more about trusting the process than when we think about economics, when we think about finances. And see, in finances, in finances, when you say, every day I'm gonna be faithful to do a little bit here, every day I'm gonna be faithful to do a little bit here, every day I'm gonna be faithful to do a little bit here, when you trust the process in your finances, you know what we call it? An investment. An investment, a wise investment. And so why don't we look at it the same with our lives? 
Why don't we look at it the same with our lives? Every day, I'm going to be faithful. Every day, I'm going to be faithful to God. It may be a small task, but it's not the size of the task that matters. It's the size of my God. So I'm going to be faithful right here. I'm going to be faithful right here. I'm going to be faithful right here. I'm going to be faithful right here because I am not living for today. I'm trusting the process and I'm realizing that my life is an investment in the will and the plan of God in obedience to God's will. Obedience to God's will will pay greater dividends than going your own way always. And I'm telling you, you could just come hang out with me for a couple hours and I could go down the list in my own life and tell you all the reasons I know this the hard way. All of the ways that I know that this is true the hard way. All of the times in my life where I thought, hey, I'm going to cheat the corner here. I'm not going to, hey, I'm not going to be faithful all the way around. I'm just going to take the easy way out right here. Every time in my life I've ever gone my own way rather than trusting God's will, it has shortchanged me. But every time in my life, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how difficult it's been, no matter how much strength and courage it required, every time in my life that I have trusted God's will in God's way, it has always paid greater dividends. It has always paid greater dividends. So, trusting the process. Trusting the process. Trusting the process of transformation God is performing in your life will often require you to be obedient to a task without immediate results. If I have any influence in your life, if I have earned a voice in your life as your pastor, let me tell you this. These three words have made all the difference for me, and I promise you if you will take them serious, they will make all the difference for you. Be obedient anyways. Be obedient anyways. There's not immediate results. Be obedient anyways. Obstacles have come up. Be obedient anyways. It's gotten very, very hard. Be obedient anyways. Trust the process. Because you are not on the journey alone. Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you.